Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hi, welcome and thanks for joining us for this edition of Saturday Strategy, the original podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. I'm Johnny and I'm your host and today we've got a great guest for you. So if you're getting on with other stuff or driving, you can find all the links in the show notes or better still, why not subscribe to the Saturday Strategy weekly email news update. Whether we're running a shop, a factory, a design studio, a hotel, a construction site, or even working on our own, we need other people. Customers, suppliers, staff, colleagues, investors, lenders, all of those other contacts to help to ensure our success. And we need to be able to clearly articulate what we're saying to each of those target groups. So that means that we need to be able to adapt our message according to the situation. And that requires us to make our presentations a performance. So if we're briefing our staff, for instance, on a new project we've got, that might be a very different way of presenting that message than it was in the sales pitch we did to the customer in the first place. So it's really important that we understand this. And today what we're going to do is we're going to take some lessons from from the West End. We've got a staff from the West End in our midst, and uh, she's going to be helping us to really pick this challenge apart. So today we're going to be taking another look at how we can use our voice and our body language really to communicate better with those around us. And this is really delving deeply into the area of leadership again. And it's really important for us as business owners to be able to demonstrate leadership in our daily life. And sometimes even if you haven't got a team, we have to be the leader. We have to be the leader for our customers. We have to be the leader for our suppliers. We have to be the leader for our staff, for our colleagues, for everyone around us, because people are looking to us for solutions. And when somebody looks to you for a solution, you have to be able to say, yes, I'm ready. Here's the, uh, here's the solution you're after. So being prepared to step forward and lead is, is critical in the success of our businesses. And what I want to do is spend a bit of time today just delving into how we can use some of the assets we've got, particularly around voice and body language, to improve our chances of success in that area. So what I've done is I've asked uh, Lucy Key, who I've known for a number of years. Lucy is a jobbing West End actress for 10 years. She's had starring roles on the on the West End. You can actually look her up. She does exist online. She's She's got loads of famous things to put, people say about her. But in more recent years, she's actually started a business with her husband, Chris, who who who's going to come onto this show actually and share some other views. But he uh, he's a he's a director um, still working in the West End and internationally. Um, but Lucy leads their business, which is called Performing Perfectly and takes a lot of the lessons from stage performance and takes them into the world of business, working with organizations like the um, the FA and like the NHS, working at the, the very highest with, um, with academics and clinicians and um, right down to sort of community projects, working with um, less, less able people and helping them to communicate their ideas most effectively. Lucy, welcome to Saturday Strategy. Hi, Johnny. So, Lucy, it was quite a lengthy sort of introduction there, and I, and and it's it's great to have you on here. And I'm really interested to pick up some of those parallels from the world of performance, because everything we do is a performance. If we're pitching a um, if we're pitching for a for a job, for instance, that's a, that's a performance. Or if we're you know doing a job interview and trying to convince that fresh young talent to come and join our company, it's all a performance, isn't it? 
Well, it is. And I think that it took me a while to, to understand that. Um, as an actor, you spend three years generally training. Um, and part of that training is how to use your voice effectively, your body effectively, and what choices you make in order to portray a role that you've given. So I spent the first 10 years of my acting career making those kind of decisions. And then um, as I got older and had children and started to, to work with people that um, from all different sorts of businesses, um, realised actually how transferable those skills were and how necessary they are, they are in most people's workplaces. Mm. Um, and actually, for me, communication and effective communication is absolutely essential for any business to succeed. Um, okay. And when you communicate with people in a way that engages them, then I think uh, you get the best results. Okay. So... Can we wind this back a little bit and maybe I can get a bit of insight into the world of being a professional actor. Mm -hmm. um, so first of all, how much of your performance on stage is down to just being a natural and how much is it down to a skill that you've had to learn? That's an interesting question. Um, I don't like percentages, but I, I think probably about half and half. I think okay. that ultimately as a performer, you have to have that passion for it. And for me, I had that from a very young age. It was something that I loved to do. Um, and I got such a buzz from performing to different people and, and, and seeing the joy it brought um, as much as enjoying watching theatre myself. Mm. Um, went on to train. And then I think actually when you start to work um, as a professional actress, then it's the director's job to to obviously empower you to make those decisions by also giving you by, by also him giving his idea as to how he wants that character to, to work. So it's a, it's a fine line, I guess, but it's very much a, um, a two-way thing. Okay. So I mean, the reason I asked the question, I, think, I, I thought I knew the answer. It isn't just down to I'm a natural presenter or I'm a natural in front of people. You need to work at it, don't you? Absolutely. Um, and for me, it's not about saying, oh, I'm a natural presenter and this is how I present. I present very differently depending on what scenario I'm in. So for example, if I'm working with <clears throat> a group of Premier League footballers, um, I might change my voice, my body language, the language I use, um, uh, because I know what's gonna engage with them. Equally, if I'm working with a group of vulnerable adults, then I will speak differently um, because actually I know that I could intimidate them uh, I could make them feel unable to be able to speak back to me. So even as even as something as simple as the way I dress, um, I will have to think about in order to get the best results, depending on who I'm with. And I think that's a mistake that lots of people make, is that if they have a, a way of communicating that they think works, they stick with it. Mm. And what I like to remind people is actually, sometimes you have to think about the environment you're in, who you're speaking to, are you there to influence, are you there to give a difficult message are you in there to uh, to encourage people to change something and depending on what that is the way in which you present use your voice the language you you use will make a huge impact on on then what the outcome of that is absolutely so so how do we how do we actively try to develop our skills in this area lucy is this something you can give us some tips here now to be able to start working on? 
Absolutely. I think um, the slogan that I often use is prepare, practice, polish. And what struck me when I first started working with different businesses um, and different organisations was that people will often spend a huge amount of time preparing for something, whether that's a meeting, whether it's a, a keynote speech, whether it's speaking at a conference, uh, and they'll have fantastic PowerPoint presentations and have really thought about and researched their subject. But what they've never actually done is practice delivering it. Um, and I say to people, that's that's the equivalent of me learning all my lines, but never actually saying them out loud until I've got an audience there, which <laughs> for me is completely ridiculous and utterly terrifying. Um, because actually, one thing that we do know is when we get nervous, and nerves are good, I think people can be quite frightened of that. Um, but when we get nervous, naturally, we tend to speak more quickly. So a lot of the work that I do with people is breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you might be surprised to know that I was doing some work a few weeks ago, just before lockdown, actually, with a, a respiratory surgeon, and I spent probably half an hour teaching him how to breathe. <laughs> nice irony there. Well, isn't it just? Mm. Um, but although he was a surgeon, um, he spoke in a way that made me feel very nervous because he couldn't really catch his breath and he was nervous about our training. And so straight away, I could feel his nerves. Um, and so by teaching him how to, to breathe from the diaphragm correctly, uh, it enabled him to find a voice that he hadn't found before. Um, and of course, what was happening is he wasn't feeling respected by colleagues and was struggling with leadership. And a lot of that was because the way he spoke made people feel like he wasn't very good. And actually mm -hmm. he was. Um, so sometimes it's very simple things. So breathing is a huge uh, a huge uh, thing that I think is important for people to understand practicing so people often don't like this but I encourage people to film themselves watch themselves because people will, will move their head or fiddle with something or say I'm an R a lot um, or people will even notice that perhaps they're talking at a very steady rhythm and after a while it gets quite boring and so understanding to change that can make it so actually listening to yourself is probably the, the best way of understanding how well you communicate. Um, so always... And, and it's just worth saying, you can delete those afterwards, can't you? No, nobody else has to hear these things. It's a very <laughs> private thing. Yeah, and I say this to people all the time, and, oh, I, don't, I can't possibly do that. And I say, look, it's just for you. Um, but it's very interesting, and it's the same with body language. Um, we work with people all the time that will say, well, I'm here on this course, Lucy, because I've been told by several colleagues that I come across as aggressive and I don't understand why. Or um, because people are intimidated by me or people think that I'm weak or people think I'm uninterested. And actually, after being with these people for a while, it's very clear to me actually why people <laughs> have made those observations. And actually, quite often, it's not the case, but people have no idea how others perceive them. So it's very important that you are self-aware, I guess. And I think where the link comes in with an actress, Johnny, is as an actor, you play a huge amount of different roles and you, you really understand that the way you behave, the way that you speak, the accent that you use has a massive influence on the person you're acting opposite. Mm. Um, and therefore you have to make decisions that are right for that character. Um, but that's exactly the same in real life. Um, I think it's very important to remain authentic. 
Um, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay sometimes to, to fluff over a, world, a word like I just did. <laughs> That's ironic. Um, because equally, if somebody is over-polished, um, often like certain politicians, then that can also become quite off-putting. Yeah, and when does over-polish... By the way, just to go back to your making a mistake there, you did a trick which somebody told me in a little presentation skills course about 30 years ago. They said, if you make a mistake, don't try and hide it go really big and actually the first time i got to use that i was uh, I, I completely lost my place on a presentation and i just went oh hang around a minute i've just lost my place <laughs> wait for wait a minute and i left the room in silence while i went and looked i found my place on my um as it was then overhead projector slide things yeah. Yeah. and and i came back and said right sorry about that let's get back to it then shall we and everyone was just really forgiving and i was told after that was brilliant the way you dealt with it we all yeah. forget our lines sometimes and it just i just got out in front of that problem and just dealt with it you know which um it gives you a huge amount of confidence when you know you can deal with it, doesn't it? Well, it does. And I think I've learned that and a lot of people have learned that, but it, it humanises us mm. and, and we are all human and nobody's expecting um, this, this sort of um, polished performance where actually it, it almost then doesn't seem real and you don't trust the person. And I think that's where um, I often use Barack Obama as, as an example of this. Um, in my opinion, he's a fantastic public speaker. His use of pause is brilliant. You know, you can leave people hanging for ages. Um, he's able to laugh at himself. He's very articulate, but he does sometimes make mistakes and he can laugh it off. He'll, he'll put the odd joke in there. Humor, I think is very important. Um, it's very easy to forget that sometimes, especially if we're talking about a very serious subject. And, and actually, if I see a politician, for example, who makes a mistake and, and he's able to handle that and joke about it, then actually it makes you like them even more. So I think that's it's very important, actually, to to allow yourself just just to make those mistakes and, yeah. and go with it. And when you were talking about sort of things being very polished and stuff, when does polish can polished become too polished? Can it become smarmy? When does it become yeah, smarmy and unbelievable? When it's not honest. So I think, I think, I think this is what I mean about, about making a decision about what version of yourself you're going to be. So I, I talk about this a lot and I find it really interesting. So I think as people, we're made up of several different versions of ourselves. So, um, you know, I might be able to tell a really rude joke to you, Johnny, and know that you'll really laugh at it. But I might have another friend that's a really good friend, but I won't tell them that joke because I know that it will offend them. But that's not me being unauthentic. That's just me knowing my audience mm. um and i think it becomes too much and it becomes too smarmy when actually there's a lack of honesty and i think for me it's about being able to communicate in the best way that you can and being able to to help people to give people hints and tips so that they are able to speak when they're feeling under pressure um or if they need to really influence a group of people how they can use their voice and their tone and their pitch or their rhythm in order to do that without it becoming so rehearsed that people just don't believe them. And it is a, it is a difficult balance, I think, but it's yeah. one that's very, very, achie very, very achievable. And, and for me, I find the voice really intriguing. Um, you can donate your voice down to charity. I don't know if you're aware of that. No, how does that work then? So, well, when you think about somebody like Stephen Hawking, who obviously for many years had no voice due to illness, and he had that very robotic sounding voice, which represented him, which let's be honest, we probably would have never changed because it was so recognizable and became yeah. this iconic sound of him. Nowadays, um, if you were in the unfortunate position to lose your voice, often through an illness or, a, or an injury, 
you can go to a, a database and you can choose a voice to represent you, Johnny, for the rest of your life. Wow. Now, you probably don't think about your voice on a day-to-day -day basis, but actually, if I said to you, Johnny, you've got to now choose a voice that's going to represent you for the rest of your life, you'd probably be quite picky. Mm. I think I'd choose Nigella Lawson to represent me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and, we, and when we think about voices, I often say to people, you know, whose voice do you love? Very popular one will be David Attenborough. Now, yes. is that because of what he represents? Probably. Is it because his tone is warm and calm and, and everybody engages with him yes is it because he has an appeal about him that engages people yes people will often say oh i hate liverpudlian accents or i hate a northern accent or i can't well why is that often it's by association oh well i had this teacher who had a dreadful accent and she spoke like this and i hated it and you know or i think it's very aggressive or mm. so people do make presumptions and and we have stereotypes i think that are cultural stereotypes yeah um, we all have our prejudices don't we like that yes of we do and i think mm. even if you look at say bbc news you know years ago it was the very clipped uh received pronunciation rp good afternoon and welcome to the six o'clock news and today i'm going to speak like this and after a while that was deemed too posh so it became rp um, as opposed to heightened RP, whereas now, very slowly, you have people like Hugh Edwards, it's got that lovely Welsh lilt, you have a Northern Ireland uh, correspondent speaking from there, or you'll have a Scottish correspondent, but you, you still don't have a Cockney, somebody with a strong Essex accent, or Northern accent, or Bristolian accent, or yeah, the, problem, accent. The, the problem is, you'd imagine it's Danny Dyer, who says, listen, I don't think it's nothing to worry about. <laughs> Well, exactly. But, my, you know, you see my point. We do make judgments, rightly or wrongly, about somebody's voice. Yeah. And in a situation where you only have the voice, like on a the telephone, then people are very quick to judge. So understanding that your voice is going to hugely impact the person that you're speaking to or trying to engage with is really really important um and and i find it fascinating and, and again you know working with football coaches for example has been hugely fascinating for me how how can we identify these things lucy because do you are you familiar with jahari's window it's a it's an old it's an old old concept i have to remember it right but it's a no, it's, I don't ba think so. it's basically it's a matrix on the one axis you have known to yourself and not known to yourself and on the other axis you have um, known to others and not known to others. So the where you're known to yourself and known to others, that's that's the kind of the open book part of you. Where mm -hmm. you're known to yourself but not known to others, that's your facade. That's, yes. That's, that's the thing you're putting on. Right. Where you're known to others but perhaps not known to yourself is that's that's your real blind spot, isn't it? That's what mm -hmm. other people think of you, but you don't understand. And then there's that sort of real unknown bit where you're not known to, you know, nobody knows it and you've really not discovered and explored parts of yourself so nobody, nobody else has seen that side of you and you've never really explored that side of yourself as yeah. well so you've, you've got these different areas um i'm interested in that blind spot area where perhaps it's known to others but not known to ourselves so you've mentioned a couple of times about other people will form views of you based on your presentation and your voice mm -hmm. it's interesting having this conversation because i'm becoming very self-aware of my <laughs> <laughs> it's a so, lovely boss johnny it's a thank lovely you. Um, do you know what? That's a really interesting question. And the answer is simple. It's about real-time feedback. 
So when I work with people, um, I think the thing that gets the best results um, is being able to give people feedback there and there. Now, obviously, it's about being constructive and it's about looking at what's really working for them, but also going, just be aware of what you're doing with your head there. Or just when you were speaking then, you you didn't have any pauses. Mm -hmm. um, I, it was very quick. I was struggling to hear what you were saying. Let's let's go back. And I just want you to be really conscious of that now. And I want you to, to consciously have at least two pauses in there. And I want you to consciously change the tempo. And people will start to do that. And, oh, oh okay. Yeah, that feels better. Oh, I'm getting mm -hmm. a slightly different um so it's feedback from from me or, or other experts and it's also people giving themselves feedback which goes back to the whole recording themselves um because even though i've performed for many years i, I still won't go onto a stage and perform without videoing myself first because there's always something that i'm doing mm. that sounds better in my head than it does actually on the recording of it so it's something that i think um it's really useful to become, you know, to become part of somebody's habit mm. um, because actually quite often people have gone, Oh yes, I, I can see why that might have come, become across as aggressive or, Oh, I can see why that perhaps weakened my presence. Um, and it can be a real game changer. And the feedback that I get when I work with people is it's the feedback that made the difference. It's the you being so honest, um, but in a way that allowed us to be able to, use that feedback and, and actually make some changes that, that really starts to shift people's thinking and move people forward and and that's where I get my my biggest thrill from really is it's seeing people change or or getting a, an email from a um, somebody's colleague or, or, or boss saying my goodness what's happened to this person you know mm. that they're, so um, I think often it's it's just having that confidence to be able to change and people get very stuck in, in a way of communicating and it's encouraging people. I, I'm a great believer in pushing people out of their comfort zones, mm -hmm. um, which people, you know, often hate to start with, but love by the end because it really gets people to experiment in a way that they wouldn't normally. And that for me, um, pushing whether it's their vocal range or a way in which they use their body um, to get some often really quite fantastic results. Lucy, that's been really insightful. Thank you very much. Um, I feel like we could talk all day just on this, just on this subject. So you know, let, let's let's definitely reconvene this conversation and uh, and explore a bit deeper, perhaps into one of the other areas. Um, for now, though, how do people maybe explore what you're talking about further and find you? Um, where do we find your business? Uh, well, we have a website www.performingperfectly.com. Uh, you can email me directly at lucy at performingperfectly.com. Um, we also have a, a Twitter and an Instagram page. Um, and yeah, we, we write lots of bespoke courses as well as um, some standard courses that we that we um, roll out across all different organisations. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, and I think ultimately it's about people's businesses working for them and communication for me is absolutely key in in making that work brilliant lucy thank you very much for sharing that with us today in a pleasure johnny thanks for having me
So that is it for another edition of Saturday Strategy. Thanks so much for sticking with us to the end. Lucy, you were tremendous. Thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to having you on the show again. If you've got any feedback or you want to reach me, you can do so on WhatsApp is the best way, probably, using my mobile number, which is 07977-437-360. And uh, that'll get straight through to me. Thanks again. Until next time. And remember, if you enjoyed this and you want to hear more, Hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts.